0: Hello and welcome to Home Education Today podcast. I'm your host, Chauncey Lynn Childs, and on this podcast we talk about the challenges, concerns, and joys of providing a first-class education for our children at home. We also discuss methods and experiences with successful home educators, give a voice to concerned public school teachers, and anything else that strengthens our ability to teach and guide and direct our kids as autonomous, empowered, and joyful parents. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I was reflecting today on uh, a new fad that that came about, I don't know, maybe it was six, eight years ago, and uh, on social media, and uh, you started seeing these these cute little pictures, first day of school, kids are you know, standing in front of the front door and they're holding this cute little sign and they're all decked out in their, you know, cute little clothes and their perfect little sneakers and stuff and their backpacks. And, and they're holding the sign It says first day of school, you know, first day of kindergarten or whatever. And, uh, I, I remember, you know, seeing this, this flood happen, Um, and you know, it was kind of cute at first and then it was just kind of, kind of redundant. But it's something that, you know, you put in your scrapbook, and it's a milestone, especially for, you know, moms having sending their first child off to kindergarten, or, you know, even their, their, their baby, and it's, you know, you see all these little tearful emojis, my baby's a kindergartner, you know, and uh, some moms, you know, that's a really exciting time. <laughs> some of them, it's not an exciting time. And then you know, come June, you have you have all the senior pictures, all the graduation pictures, the kids you know in their caps and gowns, and and they're all excited about their new you know becoming an adult and you know starting their new life. And as I was uh, reflecting upon this the other day and thinking about um, some the third reason the third reason why we really need to start rethinking our support of public schools is uh is the question um that parents should ask themselves what did i get what did my child get out of that 12 years that they just spent uh, in the public system between the, the first day of kindergarten and uh, the day of graduation It's a really good question for us to ask ourselves. And so I decided to write a blog on it and I explored that a little bit and I entitled it um, all the things that your child is not learning in the public system. And I'm going to read that list a little bit to you as we go through this video. Um, I can tell you what they most likely didn't get. Okay. That, that, you know, as, as a parent, if you, if you, were to sit down and think about when my child turns 18, what do I think are the things that they need to the skills and the um the attitudes or the you know the moral virtues or whatever? What, what are the things that I what does that finished product look like? Of course, none of us are finished products, but what does an 18 year old finished product look like? And that I, as a parent, can. Can say to myself, my child is ready. My child is ready for the world. Well, here are some of the things that your child will not learn in public school. That if I were to make that list, and I kind of did years ago, that I would, um, I would suggest one of the things that your child will not pick up in the public school is financial literacy. They're not going to know a thing about budgeting, investing, saving, compound interest. Um, what else? Applying for a loan, buying a car, getting a mortgage, credit scores—the importance of a good credit um, score, how to build credit wisely—none of that. That will none of that comes out of the public system anymore. It, it used there used to be some of that. Okay. Number two is a practical life skill. Um, I didn't do as much of this as I wanted to, but I, we got, we got to some of this with a lot of the kids. So a practical life skill would be something that you could do in a pinch that you could, you could instantly go get a job doing this or make extra money if you need it right away. Even something as, um, as uh, something like being able to cut hair, being able to do almost anything with computer, whether it's build one, Repair one, um, coding, um, all that kind of thing. Anything with a computer these days. What else? Like um, welding, home repair, um, gardening, farming, being proficient enough in in a musical instrument or even in in athletics that you could help coach um, a kid for money. People are always looking for somebody to work Work with their kids, whether it's basketball, football, wrestling—doesn't matter. Swimming. If you can hire yourself out as a to give music lessons or athletic lessons, you can make a little bit of money if you needed it right right off the bat. How about constitutional literacy? Are our children learning Constitution? How many times, or how many schools do you think are teaching uh, the read the Constitution or the Bill of Rights? Just the Bill of Rights. How many of you think schools do you think are setting that? How many uh, schools do you think are um, in, instilling a respect for and an appreciation for our founding fathers and all that they sacrificed to uh, get this country going? Um, how about our legal processes? How many children leave school understanding um, our system of government, our system of representative government? Not very many. Number four is probably the most important thing that most children do not leave school acquiring, and that is a love of learning. I mean, truly loving to learn. The schools do not teach this. Literary literacy. And what does that mean? That means that your child has read a smattering of classic books that teach moral virtue uh, including biographies that give good examples, great examples to us to follow. Um, and I don't mean just reading them. I mean, really studying them, writing about them, discussing them in groups. Critical thinking skills. Now, critical thinking skills is something that you will hear a lot talked about. And critical thinking skills are not just here, let me give you um, a subject, and you pair it back to me what I want to hear. That's not critical thinking. Critical thinking only takes place when we have robust debate, when we when we have rhetoric and logic um, lessons. We learn what that is when we um, we study grammar, and then there's a lot of free discussion and. Uh, freedom of speech and debate within class, within our uh, within our classes, and and as a, as a field of study, critical thinking is not happening. <laughs> All you have to do is get on social media and see that that's the case. Historical literacy. By this, I don't mean that we can t- talk about a few names and dates in history, um, American or otherwise, because that's not only is that not even happening. I'm talking about mastery. I would, I would love to see history in uh, re-instituted in our. We call it social studies. It's and it's not even history anymore. It's it's something about how you know we look at history through a social lens, a social justice lens these days. What I'm talking about is allowing a child to to pick a period of history and really, really dig in and master. I don't care. Where, where in the world it is or what period of time it is, but just really understand the lessons of some historical period somewhere on the globe. And then mathematical literacy. And again, <laughs> that I don't mean, yes, my kid um, passed, uh, you know, two years of algebra and went into calculus or something in geometry or whatever, that's not mathematical literacy. Mathematical literacy, is where um, you understand how something evolves. You understand how what the building blocks of something are and how you understand why a mathematician needed to solve a certain problem in society. And they, they built on the work of previous mathematicians. Math, uh, mathematical literacy helps us to understand bigger, Bigger issues like and and bigger theories like um, like evolution, why evolution is very difficult to prove mathematically, things like the Big Bang Theory, why math matters in that. So math, math is really actually the basis for everything in the world. So that's a pretty big list. There may be more. If you as a parent were to sit down and think about what is it that I want my child to have? What what do they need to be really ready as an adult? There may be more things. I would love your comments. I'd love to hear more about what you think of this list. So this is not going to happen in the public schools. And if if you expect your child to be ready for adulthood, then a lot of this needs to take place. so you're going to have to be a very involved parent. You're going to have to put a lot aside, a lot of time, in order to overcome the kind of time, and activity barriers, and media barriers that you may have. And I think we would all agree it's going to be very difficult to find the time to help your child acquire these skills and knowledge. So I wanted to share a story about. Um, Something that was very heartbreaking to me, a friend of mine a couple of years back, um, was t- uh, telling me about um, experience that she'd had with one of her daughters that she was very close to. And um, this daughter had always been very obedient. She'd always been a hard worker, um, very you know self starting kind of a kid. Took leadership classes and you know, was part of the leadership group in in high school and so forth. And so on was a swimmer and ran track, you know, great, great grades, went off, married a great guy after a few years in college. Um, And uh, everybody liked, liked this guy. And they, you know, ended up, you know, finishing college, getting a great job in the small town and kind of a conservative area. Well, then George Floyd was uh, murdered and uh, the riots started and the riots came to this little town and unbeknownst to my friend, her daughter and her and the husband were marching in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. They took some pictures. They posted them on social media. The boss saw them and his job was terminated. And you know, the daughter, the, this friend of mine gets a, gets a call, very tearful daughter, you know, we've lost our job and it's just so unfair and everything. And the mom says, well, honey, what did you expect? And hasn't spoken to her daughter since. And this is just so typical of what's happening in our, in our modern day the this mom is the, the best moms you could be but no matter what she taught her daughter the schools overcame that and taught her daughter to be an activist and taught her that she should have the right to do and say anything despite how it may look to an employer and not be fired for it and that's just not the way of the world Our children, from the time that they enter kindergarten to the time that they graduate, receive about 14,256 hours of instruction. And for that daughter, it was 14,256 hours of various indoctrination, activist indoctrination. It's impossible for us to overcome that kind of overwhelming uh, influence in a child's life. This is falsely imposed guilt. It's false compassion. And what it produced in this child, this daughter that she loves is just an inability to understand adult life. You think of all those powers that could have been used to learn all the things that I mentioned in in the above list that would really have prepared that daughter for real life. And now they're just going to have an uphill battle because they're going to continue to believe that their main purpose in life is the social justice activism. It's going to be more about, more about that then building a life for themselves and their family. It's just such a shame. So what are our kids getting out of public school? Yeah, sure. Okay. They come out being able to read. Okay. We, we like to think most kids are coming out of school, being able to read. Well, they can read. Some of them can read. There's, there was just a report coming out of Baltimore that, that not even half of the kids had a GPA of, of or let me, let me say it this way. Half of the kids were coming out of, of uh, the Baltimore public schools with a 0.99 GPA. And most of them were reading on an elementary school level. You cannot get along in today's society reading on an elementary school level. I mean, you can but you're not going to get very far. You're not you're not going to be able to be in a job that is going to get you anywhere. You're going to you're going to scrape by. Okay. Some people can do some math. Okay. Yeah. But again, the financial literacy is not there. They're not going to know and understand why they're constantly having to declare bankruptcy. They're not being able to get ahead in life. They aren't, they, they're going to try to acquire things that they can't afford. And it's going to be a never ending cycle if you can't understand how to manage money. And if you didn't get that from your parents, you certainly aren't going to get that from the school. If there's one thing, if, that, if, the, if, the, if the, the, uh, the public schools did, even just did that one thing, then I would have a lot less to talk about. But there's a reason why that was eliminated decades ago. But One has to ask in in all those years, why are we teaching algebra and geometry to every single student? Has has anybody ever asked, why why are we teaching chemistry? Why are we teaching biology? Kids, Kids come out of school, and I've mentioned this before, and it doesn't take a year or two before they can't tell you anything about what they, what they learned in, in the public school, but they've learned that there's white privilege, right? They've learned that they're, if they're white, they are guilty of white privilege and, they're, and they are oppressing people of color. And if they're a, a child of color, a person of color, they are learned that they're being oppressed. That's happening, that's, that's, they're learning that, but they are completely forgetting anything else academic that they've learned. And and why is that? Because it doesn't have any meaning to them. And it's not something that they use. Okay. Anything you don't use constantly, you're going to lose. And the real danger with, with walking out of the public school thinking you're an, an oppressor or you're oppressed. And that the system is rigged and that you're rigging it or it's being rigged against you is that this is causing a ton of despondency, it's causing a ton of anxiety, it's causing a ton of depression. If you really believe, as you have been indoctrinated to believe for over 14,000 hours, then what is the point? What, What is the point in trying? I am frustrated and I am angry about this strictly because of the waste. The waste in human capital that is happening through this indoctrination in the public schools. The story that I told you about my friend, this is in a, this is in a great area. This is supposed to be a really good school. Okay? This isn't uh, this isn't an inner city school. Th- these are not uninvolved parents. These are parents that work hard with their kids. This is a bankrupt philosophy. It serves nobody. It is not going to bring us into an era of peace and prosperity and unity. No, this is not going to work. It's, it's simply not because there are too many people like me who will never accept this paradigm because it's false. I am not going to live by a false paradigm. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to say, um, okay, well, you know, let's just go along with this. It's a fad. Maybe it'll pass because I don't believe it is a fad. I believe it's the latest in, in a series, as I mentioned in a previous video, to completely revamp uh, American society. These philosophies of man-made climate change, their objective is to, is to, uh, to do away with capitalism right? That's the, that's the basis for it. If we have a, a society, if we have industry that's polluting and people that are polluting by, you know, driving a car, then we have to centralize that power in the government to control all that. That's the antithesis of capitalism. Man-made global warming, man-made climate change, the, 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 basic des, you know, the basic design of man-made global warming is that we destroy capitalism. The transgenderism policies, the radical LGBTQ AI plus um, agenda is to destroy Christianity. You're going to shame and blame everybody on the planet who does not embrace transgenderism, does not embrace alternative sexuality, until we outlaw christianity we outlaw any religion that fights against that right and lastly we have the the resurgence of race tensions in the country uh, based upon critical race theory or equity diversity inclusion whatever you want to call it and through that we destroy our government because everything is systemically racist all law is systemically racist and we're going to destroy the constitution because it was made by racist old white men. This is where we're headed. And yes, I'm angry about it. And I'm not ever going to accept the false, these false theories. They're destructive to our way of life. And they're going to destroy, destroy the peace and prosperity and unity that we've had. I'm pleading with you to open your eyes and your ears and see what is right before you. Please think deeply, do some research and make some changes. Turn off the television, stop listening to the news, both sides. They're in it to make money. They're not in it to inform you. And that's the last I have to say about that. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way to the very end. By listening to the entire podcast, You've proven yourself to be the kind of person that is forward-thinking and you're concerned about our current culture and you also believe that you can change the world. I believe that by having these simple discussions that we can really make a big difference in the world, really have an impact. And I hope that you'll share this information with others so that together we really can make a positive change.